When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better wake him up. Sun will be rising here shortly as we get you up and out on a Thursday morning. Football season is back. College football slate a plenty tonight. High school football as well. NFL opens next week. But boy, we got a plenty of pigskin to preview as we launch this the final day of August, twenty and twenty-three. And we appreciate you being there. However, you are finding us, we make it as easy as possible uh, on platforms all over the place. On uh, as we launch five hours of sports conversation right now. Uh, hit us up on 1019, also on AM 1260, and of course digitally, you find us on that Horn app, which is so easy to use. Download it to your smartphone, push a button, and you are listening to Ian Rod B. in the morning. Also on our Twitch channel at hornfm.com, you can watch or just listen at hornfm.com, and you can watch the Twitch channel, and of course on YouTube, uh, the YouTube channel at the Horn Austin as well. Those numbers growing, and we appreciate that very, very much on this, the final day of the month. And a lot of football to talk about. Uh, baseball pennant races, uh, including uh, another gut punch loss for that Texas Rangers bullpen last night. What a miserable uh, end to their game. Rangers uh, fall behind the Astros and Mariners. We'll talk a little bit of baseball. NFL dust has settled on cutdown day. There are 31 Longhorns who have made NFL rosters. We will discuss, and certainly we'll begin to drill down on the big games of the college football weekend, which start tonight. Longhorns, of course, two days away to their season opener. So plenty to do. Five hours, five mornings a week right here on Ian Rod B. Let's hook him up. Look who's across the desk. He is uh, uh, front and center as always. He is our shutdown corner holding on his side of the program each and every morning at a high level. Five hours a day, five days a week from DB Hyde down in the 713. DBU right here in the 512. Wells and then stops in four different NFL zip codes. He is our lifetime Longhorn, our football theorist, or 21 in your program, always number one in your and our hearts. He is our man, Rod Babers, RB. I appreciate the intro as always, brother. Feeling good because we are good in the basically, neighborhood. This is the weekend to me. I mean, I start the weekend on third. We got football. Yeah. There's football, baby. Official. Thursday. It is official, official. And uh, so I'm excited about that. We'll get into rice. Yes, I, I watched more rice film. I know nobody really Wrong cares about that. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I watched some more rice. We'll talk about the defense a little bit and get into that and how the Texas offense is going to match up against the rice defense. But, of course, every morning, like we always do, we like to uh, salute those who choose to serve. Uh, we appreciate you uh, in so many ways, whether you are, uh, you know, serving God, country, or community. Uh, we appreciate your service. Uh, so this morning we know that our society is built on the selflessness of service and we want to make sure that we give a shout out to all of those who are up early uh, serving our communities. And uh, Whether that be uh, soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, waste management, all the officers of the law. Uh, what doesn't matter. If you're serving, we appreciate you this morning. No question. Adios to August. <laughs> this will be it. And we've got football on the brain, which is a good thing. Is uh, You and I have 
snickered about for a while now, Rob. The talking season is about to be over. And the talk about it Thank the campaign, Lord. The speculations. Oh, man. The ifs, the what's, the, oh. the maybes, the could be's. The butts. Oh, the big butts. The big oh, butts. I'm talking yeah. the Kim Kardashian size butts. I'm tired yeah, of them. Man. I'm not yeah, tired of We're trying to talk about some games. See, we've got games. Yeah. Good games, baby. We're, we're, give, give me your Alvin, Allen Iverson. We're, we're done with practice. <laughs> talking about practice? Talking about practice? We Come talked on. about a lot of practice. We're talking about the game. Spring practice. Training camp practice, scrimmages, which are glorified practices. Oh, man. I'm tired of talking about practice, too. Give me Let's a game. On. Give Let's me it, a baby. game. Even if it's against Rice, give oh, me a game. Oh, man. And, you know, we're, the dust is settled in the NFL, and the, you know, we still have some drama. But at the same time, you know, it's all about uh, Jerry Jones and Trey Lance and Dak Prescott and Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis mm. and what's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. Just play football. Just play football, which they <laughs> will do. And uh, that is a good thing, and we'll preview the games. There's a good one tonight, a uh, real good one. you got a couple of marquee uh, national games, a very light night in baseball if you're into the Major League Baseball race here, but uh, only four ball games. Uh, they're stepping aside for the, for the college football tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah uh, will be hosting Florida in a good Pac-12 SEC matchup. like that ball game. Uh, there's actually a Big Ten conference game tonight that will be on primetime. Uh, that's Matt Rule. Making his debut at, Min- at Nebraska oh, against yeah. Minnesota, and that's going to be on the I think the Big Fox Network. <laughs> there, be interesting. Yeah, that start their their college football coverage. Yeah, Nebraska and Minnesota. So there are some games we'll dabble in those and uh, preview what's to come in college football. Uh, speaking of uh, Nebraska, did you set, see last night they used their football stadium, Memorial Stadium there in uh, Nebraska to set. I saw a, that with a volleyball team. Yeah, they set a women's sports attendance record last night. Yeah, packed house. They. Uh, 92,003 fans showed up in a sea of red to watch the Cornhuskers volleyball team uh, beat Omaha. That's amazing. The Omaha Mavericks. Wow. And let's just say there's not a lot else to do in Nebraska, I don't think, but at the same time. (laughs) That's still impressive, though. I don't that care. is That's, incredibly impressive. Yeah, I don't care what if it's. I, I know there's not a lot to do. I've heard it's actually pretty, pretty nice up there though. Yeah, the but I know there's a lot good. to do. Weather look nice. Yeah, <laughs> well, they play. Uh, they do. You know, NHL ice hockey games outside these days. And you know, I, I'm assuming if you were up in the top of that that stadium, you couldn't see much. A posted sh- stamp of a volleyball court. But they all have the big screens now, and you're amongst your your sea of fans, and that's always cool. Reminds me of the video. The video pictures I saw remind me of when. Uh, what was it when UCLA played the University of Houston in the Astrodome way back in the 60s? Elvin Hayes against uh, Lou Alcindor. Remember that? Uh, and they wow. played in the Astrodome, Rod. That's played crazy. in the Astrodome, and they put a basketball floor right in the middle of the cavernous that's Astrodome. Wild. Yeah. No, Astrodome was, con- they thought it was the one, one of the wonders of the world. Well, at that's why they did it, right? It was, a, it was a game of the century. You had the, you had the big yeah. E Elvin Hayes against uh, Lou Alcindor. And uh, UCLA and uh, yeah, cool. spectacle. So that's what they created last night. And good for volleyball, right? They called it Volleyball Day or Volleyball Night. And they packed the house. And that is now the largest uh, uh, on site crowd to see a female sporting event ever before. So In Lincoln? In Lincoln. Well, yeah. ever anywhere. No, anywhere. Really? Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. That surpassed, I think, a soccer match. Wow. That had held that mark of the largest female sports so pretty cool uh there you go that's how we start our weekend as rod b just said the you weekend just gave start- up a what that's supposed to be what the facts oh that was a what the facts I'm you sorry. just gave it up well i saw i mentioned nebraska this is all my brain you know you're, you're getting ready for the show so i apologize if i took a what the you, you can still use it still use it we'll have new audience coming up at about uh 6 <laughs> this hour we'll do some what the facts we'll also go behind the burn orange curtain uh right now let's pick up uh, the headlines get you caught up news of the thursday morning 
Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Start with the Longhorns. T-minus two days to the opener for Texas. They welcome the Rice Owls to DKR to open the 2023 season. It features an interesting matchup of starting quarterbacks. Texas, of course, a 35-point favorite in the game, but you got Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers set to make his sixth career start at DKR. His Rice counterpart, JT Daniels, will be making his third with a third different school. The poster boy for the modern transfer portal began its career at USC, started against Texas as a true freshman and lost in 2018. He then transferred to Georgia, then again to West Virginia, where he started for the Mountaineers here in Austin last October, also took the L. Well, now he's landed at Rice for what we believe is his final college season. Earlier this week, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian previewed the Rice offensive attack that Daniels will lead. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, it, they got great schemes. You know, Coach Bloomgrim, his staff do a tremendous job in all three phases. You know, they, they're going to tax you. They're going to try to exploit your weaknesses like any good coaching staff would. So we, we need to prepare for, for what they're going to provide and, and get ourselves ready to play. You're ready to play. We'll be 2.30 on Saturday. Our pregame coverage here on the Homer go live at 12 noon from the Mockingbird Saloon on West Campus. Rod Babers and myself, noon up until kickoff, uh, lock it in and get ready for the game. In soccer, another tough night on the pitch for the tumbling Austin FC. Seattle's Albert Ruznak scored a goal, go, the go-ahead goal in the 90th minute to lead the visiting Seattle Sounders to a 2-1 win in front of a disappointing crowd at Q2. Sebastian Driussi tied the match at ones in the 72nd minute. For the Verde, but that was the only strike they could tally as they're losing. Match skid has now reached six. Haven't won a match in 46 days. They're going to play at New England this Saturday night. Major League Baseball last night wins for actually wins for Houston in Seattle yesterday afternoon. That was followed up by a gut punch loss for the Texas Rangers. Houston finished off the club's first ever sweep at Fenway Park with a 7-4 win over the Bow Sox. Frember Valdez earned his 10th win. Seattle rallied to beat Oakland 5-4. Then the Rangers carrying a 5-3 lead into the ninth inning. But Mets right fielder DJ Stewart smacked a two-run game-tying homer off of Jose Leclerc to send the game to extras. In the 10th, Texas reliever Araldis Chapman loaded the bases with back-to-back walks. He then hit DJ Stewart to bring home the game-winning run. And the Rangers lose that. They fall a game back of Houston and Seattle in the West. All three teams are off today. Uh, back to football. The dust has settled on the league NFL's cut-down day Tuesday. There's still 31. Former Texas Longhorn players on NFL rosters across the league, including all of the Longhorns drafted this past April. That number does not doesn't include free agent defensive back Deshaun Jameson. He was claimed off waivers by the Carolina Panthers yesterday after he was one of the final cuts made by the 49ers after an impressive preseason. Three teams, Arizona, Miami, and New England, will carry three former Longhorns into the season. Five others have two, and that includes Chicago, where the Bears have the double-barrel backfield of Roshan Johnson and Deontay Foreman. In Houston, the Texans have Andrew Beck and Hassan Ridgeway. And in Atlanta, the Falcons have Taquan Graham and, of course, Bijan Robinson, who remains the betting favorite to win the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year award. NFL season kicks off next Thursday. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Top Guns join forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. And uh, congratulations to the 31 yep. lifetime Longhorns who find themselves uh, on the uh, – 53-man rosters of the NFL teams. They survived cut-down day. What's in that the feeling NFL. like when you know you, you're at least going to start the season on a team? Uh, it is. Game checks. It's, it's, right? <laughs> oh, it's exhilarating. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Well, not for, except for, you know, Bijan Robinson, some of these guys, you know, Justin Tucker, different discussion. But for the guys who, you know, they were, you know, they know they were right there on the cusp 
of being cut. They probably were being discussed, uh, you know, and debated at the table, the round table with all the coaches. And that's what you need in this situation. Trust me, I've been the guy that's that was <laughs> about to be cut on the verge of being cut you a need lot. A coach, all right. You need somebody to bat. Somebody that's going, you know, go to go to bat for you. You need somebody that's going to go up there and they'll they'll argue to keep you on the team for whatever reason. And the more coaches at that table. That's what they do. They sit around that table and they debate about, hey, man, why should we keep this guy over this guy? And you need three, four coaches going, nah, man, we got to keep Rod Babers. Oh, man, we got to keep this guy. That could be the strength and conditioning coach going, man, he's up here every day. He's up here an hour before everybody else. He's, you know, he, he's, he's asking me to come open up the weight room for him. I'm like, dude, we're not doing anything. He's like trying to get in work. He's staying later than everybody else. You need the special teams coach going, oh, man, I need Babers. He's, he's a great gunner. All right, he covers kicks like nobody's business. Everything I ask him to do, he does it, gives up his body. A guy, you know, I, we need that guy. And then you need the, the DB coach going, I like him. I like him too, man. I think he's a, you need a lot, multiple coaches. Because if you only got one coach fighting for you, you're probably going to get cut if you're on the verge of it. You need three. So you need to be basically trying, basically impressing coaches with your presence around there constantly. Yeah. <laughs> and just, and well, it's funny because you're, you're trying to gain support with your presence around there. And you can picture that in your mind's eye that uh, mm-hmm. you know you're the, you're doing that, but there's ten, twelve other guys oh, doing that same everybody's thing. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's right. brown nosers, <laughs> oh, butt kissing. Come on, man. We're bringing, it, bringing the string. Call coach. it, call it what you want. You need the training staff going. Yeah, you know what? Every time I you guys need some something. coffee or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was my strategy. I'm like, hey man, I need all these coaches, you know, trying to go for the bat for Robbie. When they say uh, we're cutting Babers, oh no, hey coach, can I can Love I say Babers. something about that real good? Love that guy. That guy's great. What, Why are you it, cutting him? Is he a good player? I'm not sure, but. You know, he's a good guy. I love that guy. So, you know, you try to get as many people on your side advocates, as you can. Advocates. Yes, we all need want. them in life. Yes, you do, man. We yes, all need advocates. Well, well, yeah. well cra- congrats to those guys because there were some guys on the on the edge there. But as you said, B. John Robinson, he is still the uh, betting favorite to win the uh, the Rookie of the Year. That's going to be interesting because there's, in Atlanta, there's just so many weapons, right? I mean, oh, uh, that's you know, Arthur Smith is their head coach, and, you know, he came in from – Tennessee, where he was, you know, when Tennessee was at their high water with with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, and what they were, AJ Brown was still there. They were a pretty good offense, and he landed that Atlanta job. And now he's got toys, right? They've got uh, Desmond Ritter as their starting quarterback, and they've got Bijan now. They They, they believe in Ritter, too. They had a chance to upgrade, or not upgrade, but get another quarterback. Yeah, they want him to be, you know, he's a second round pick, and uh, they're, they're looking at him like, okay, he's not this elite franchise quarterback that we drafted at the top of the first round. This is a guy that. We need to put weapons around, but if mm-hmm. we do and protect him, we can run the ball. We're going to have, you know, he's got to come in and play point guard and, and, and you know, throw the ball to uh, Bijan and hand the ball to Bijan. And they, they had a thousand yard rookie rusher last year in Tyler Algiers out of BYU. Corderell Patterson is there. Uh, Drake London is a big wide receiver they took in the top 10 of the draft a couple years ago. Kyle Pitts is there. Yeah. And you just wonder how they're going to navigate a lot. But, you know, more Be- weapons, the better. Behind, behind my man, Kyle Shanahan's offense, Shannon's offense. I think Atlanta is probably the second best team when it comes to their deployment of positionless football players. They want guys they can movable chess pieces. They can move around the chess board and they can manipulate matchups. And Bijan, of course, is one of those guys. You mentioned Kyle Pitts, one of those guys. Cordero Patterson, one of those guys. All right, they got like three weapons uh, now within their top five or six uh, skill guys that are essentially can play multiple positions and that can play them at a relatively high level in the NFL. 
that is really interesting to see. Shano, of course, with the with the 49ers, I mean, you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Debo, uh, you got, you know, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, the modern full, fullback, uh, you got Kittle. They got like four different guys that they can move around. So nobody has, you know, restructured their roster and structured uh, their offense in a more positionless football manner than than Shano. But I think that the second team, and they end up getting Bijan uh, because he well, was remember, that type of player in the draft. They they actually specialize in that as well. And that's why everybody's really all in on him winning rookie of the year. He's the overwhelming favorite is because the, the way they're going to weaponize him is going to be probably the, it's the best case scenario other than Bijan going to San Francisco that Bijan could be in. It's the best, it's a perfect position. And a lot of questions when he went seventh overall, do you take running backs in the top 10? We know the debate about running backs and their value, but you're right. He's a weapon. And no one ran the ball more often than Atlanta last year. No one, you know, as far as number of handoffs, whether it was Tyler Algiers or Corderell Patterson or whoever they were handing the ball to. And, you know, they had Marcus Mariota for a long time last year in Atlanta, and so he was running himself, uh, designed run plays for the quarterback. So, uh, our, you know, Arthur Smith, as we said, that's why I mentioned he came from Tennessee where mm-hmm. he was ground and pound with Derrick Henry. Uh, they'll get creative to create run game, and uh, that's also like Kyle Shanahan, right? Kyle Shanahan, yeah. they're going to run the ball, mm-hmm. and then they're going to run play action off of that run game and uh, find the, the the George Kittles and the yeah. Brandon Ayukes and get Debo Samuel as a runner and a, and a catcher. Uh, that's how they want to use Bijan, uh, yeah. and I think that's uh, that's why you're seeing Bijan not only as the, the favorite to win the Rookie of the Year, he's getting drafted in the top Five or six in like fantasy football drafts. Yes, he is. They're going to use him while they've oh. got him on a rookie deal. They're going to they're going to weaponize this dude, and uh, he's going to touch, catch it, you know, hand it to him, you know, find the end zone is what you're looking for out of Bijan because they need to score more points. And again, that that AFC South is interesting to me in that. Yeah, who knows, so. right? Who knows? I yeah. mean, New Orleans looked like the most the safest pick with Derek Carr now at quarterback and some good health on that team. Uh, they've got to deal with the Alvin Kamara early suspension, but. And Atlanta's, uh, who knows, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, who knows, Carolina's with a rookie quarterback and a new head coach. So It's all about the quarterbacks, though, because Baker yeah. Mayfield's going to start for Tampa. Yeah. Right? You got a, a rookie, Bryce Young, but number one overall pick in Carolina. Uh, you're talking about Desmond Ritter. Can he be the point guard, right, and and just, you know, uh, get the ball to the right uh, mat- matchups in that offense because sure. you have so many matchup advantages. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. And then you're talking about Derek Carr, new quarterback for New Orleans, and New Orleans defense usually leads the way for them. So yeah, it's really about which quarterback excels. And to your point about Atlanta running the football so much, how about this little factoid? They ran the ball 48.8% of the time when they were playing from behind. All right? Which is five percentage points higher than any other team in the NFL. So even when they, they were won't give up on it. Even when they were losing, <laughs> they decided well, and let's no, also we still going to run the rock. They they had a They're quarterback about it. And their quarterback last year was Marcus Mariota for most of the year and he's mm-hmm. not the best thrower of the ball so maybe there's you know we got to be careful but at the same time you're right they're going to be devoted to the run uh and and stick with it and I think that stays the same yeah. with a young quarterback like Desmond Ritter who if you remember Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati I mean he led the Bearcats into the final four he was a conference player of the year twice he's a good player. Uh he's a really good leader and a, a winner. Uh they they're putting enough weapons around him they could be fun. You know the one lifetime longhorn I'm rooting for the most this year? Who's that? Um, because look, you got Justin Tucker, who's nothing less than the greatest kicker in NFL history. I read this mm-hmm. tweet from the Ravens uh, on t- this day, 2012, a pivotal shift in NFL history. The Ravens released Billy Cundiff and named rookie Justin Tucker the starter. This was 2012. Remember, he he kicked that field goal to beat the Aggies, and then he oh, ended yeah. up in the NFL. It says here from the Raven Tucker, nothing less than the greatest kicker in NFL history. I was there. To, I was there for that. That is so odd. Oh, man. 
Uh, and then he now he's gone to, uh, you know, 10 years in, he's still the best. But Joseph Osai is who I'm rooting for because Joe Osai, uh, one of my favorite Longhorns to cover over the years out of Conroe, um, you know, had had a great junior season, went to the NFL, got drafted, got hurt, and then he was back last year make, playing meaningful snaps and playing well for the Bengals. And I remember it was his yeah, I remember this. late hit out of bounds, which mm-hmm. was just a bang-bang play against the Chiefs. Kept it alive. Kept the drive alive and allowed the I – mean, without Joseph Osai's penalty, the Chiefs may, wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. They wouldn't have even made the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how close the margins were. I mean, we talk about the Chiefs and heavy favorites and Mahomes and all this, and he is. He's the, he's the best. But it was, it was a play like that that put them into the Super Bowl. Um, and then the Super Bowl was a very close game with Philadelphia. So the margins in the NFL so slim. But it was, it was not one of those you – know, it was a boneheaded play for Joseph Osai, but it happened so quickly. And he tried to pull up, and uh, Mahomes had run out of bounds. And uh, I root for Joseph Osai to have a big year. I really do. I mean, I just think that guy is a hell of a player. He's on a good team. The Bengals are going to be in contention. Looks like Joe Burrow is healthy. He had an interception in the preseason. Yeah, he did. I'll be rooting for him. I'll be yeah. rooting for him. No, I agree with you. Um, he's a guy that we, his game just translated to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, yeah, he had the injury, too, right, the injury early on his first year. Um, yes, and, and then he was having a great preseason, got great hurt, pre-season like Demarco Overshone did. Yeah, so he's had he had a couple of setbacks, but I'm with you. I think he's going to end up having a good year. Uh, I actually love the fact that Keandre Coburn and uh, Moro Ojibo yeah, both made the, the team. roster, uh, and that's yeah, that's pretty impressive. And uh, I've seen that you know Keandre Coburn has also had a good preseason, like he was he was instantly an impact player with them. And I think the Chris Jones holdout. Might have helped them look at the defensive tackle position a little bit differently. Maybe they wanted to make sure they had some uh, depth and contingency plans there in case they don't figure out the Chris Jones thing, worst-case scenario. But good for Kim J. Coburn and more Ojimo, too, because Ojimo, of course, had the concussion and in also, the preseason, too. And also I'll say it'll be interesting to see in Chicago. You know, Chicago has Khalil Herbert at running back, but then you've got Roshan Johnson and Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Both had good camps. Uh, how are they going to deploy those running backs around Justin Fields? That'll be of interest to NFL fans. I think they'll trade a running back at one point. You it wonder. Just, I mean, they just didn't make sense. Well, remember, but, there were talk the Bears were in, in the Jonathan Taylor conversation, along with Miami and maybe some others. So, um, But by Rosh, Roshan, um, and again, they've got Justin Fields on a rookie deal, so they're, they, they would be willing to go for it, kind of like Tua with the Dolphins. All right, so the NFL will kick off next Thursday. Did right? you hear about the um, ESPN reporting who the mystery – Stephen Holder, I think, is the reporter that – he claims the mystery team in the Jonathan Taylor Ooh, uh, trade saga. He says it was Green Bay. Ooh. What does that mean for Aaron Jones and A.J. AJ Dillon? Dillon? I have no idea. That's a, Just throwing it out there. That's that was I read that on ESPN this morning that the, the Packers, sources say um, that the Packers talked to the Colts about All Jonathan right. Taylor. Well, mystery team, but it didn't happen, and according to the Colts side, they <laughs> never got anything formal that, that was – near good enough. There was also a report yesterday that when they were talking to the Dolphins that Chris Ballard, the GM of the yeah. Dolphins, asked about Jalen Waddle, and that the GM, Chris <laughs> Greer, in Miami laughed at it. Hey, now we're come good. on, man. Come on, man. This dude, Jalen no. Waddle, get out of here. Please. Get out of here. Uh, 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 yeah, if you uh, want Jalen Waddle, go ahead and pay your running back what he's asking for because you're valuing him way th- too high. Thousand-yard receiver, right? On, Yo, a rookie, on a rookie deal? On a ro- yeah. yeah. Nah, oh, I'm, gosh. I'm out of Alabama good. and City no, of Houston. On a rookie and, uh, deal, we're good. Playing opposite Tariq Hill. you got to <laughs> deal with those two freaks. Okay, so uh, we're just getting warmed up. You know, one of the things we, you and I were a part of a uh, 
a very cool Longhorn live stream last night on Inside Texas and their oh, uh, yeah, it was great. on Texas football. Your YouTube. debut, brother. Yeah, my debut. We had a good yeah. time doing that. But one of the the, the conversations we had with with Jeff uh, Wells and yourself and my Justin. was Justin Wells, I should yeah. say, is uh, how many how many players off of this Longhorn team could get drafted in next April's draft. Somebody, one of the questions came in and said, what do you think the number is of Longhorns that could be into the NFL next year? And that is a, we won't pick this up now, but at some point this morning we'll get into that because the, the, the guy on yeah. the question said, could he, could he get up as high as 10? And we all said, no, come on, it's not going to be 10. But then we started counting <laughs> guys who could get drafted in April if the Longhorns have a good season. And it, it, didn't, it wasn't too far from I, double digits. I it, think he gets that number from, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Miller. Okay. Uh, you know Matt Miller, right? The yeah, NFL draft, draft scout. scout. NFL I draft scout. He said originally, and I'm not saying that's exactly. Maybe he, great minds think alike, and he was thinking that. But he 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 at one point did say at Inside Texas that he thinks Texas could have around ten draft picks. Well, we come back season. before we go into the burn orange curtain or yeah. in the burn orange curtain. We can talk about that guys who we think uh, yeah, no, it's good. Could, it's can good, be draftable players. And again, there's seven rounds. I'm not saying they're all going to go super high, but uh, we'll run through who guys who, who again, they have to have great seasons, got to stay healthy this year, um, but could. Because it's interesting that, you know, last year at this time, uh, in the last day of August, we wouldn't have been talking about more Ojimo or Keandre Coburn being draftable players. No. They just weren't seen that way, but they had really, really good years last year, and both got drafted, both made the team, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, that's that can happen too. The guys are not, we're not even thinking about have a big year. We'll run through some of those uh, coming up, and uh, that gets you ready. Primer. For Texas and Rice. Plus, Rod's been doing the deep dive on the Rice Owls for you, so you don't have to do it. He's been watching Rice football, <laughs> and now he's going to bring you that what is he found. That's my purpose, yes. yes. Uh, you don't have time to do it. You don't want to do you it. You don't want to do that. Uh, no. Rod did it. So he will take you behind the Rice, what to expect uh, from this game, because you're going to watch it, and you're going to say, okay, well, that makes sense. Rod told me that. All right, we'll come back. We'll also do the What the Fact segment before the end of the hour. We got you. Last day of August, getting into football season. A lot to do as uh, we crank it up on a Thursday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook him up indeed. Five hours, five days a week here on The Horn. Appreciate you being there. And if, uh, as if 25 hours a week, not enough, Rod, we're going to do two more on game day, Saturday. Oh, yeah. Live uh, on campus. That's not work, man. That ain't work. That ain't work. That ain't work. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, the uh, our first pregame broadcast comes Saturday. We're going to be at the uh, Mockingbird Saloon on Guadalupe. Guadalupe, right down from uh, the University Co-op. And our friend uh, Jeff over there with that 40 Acres apparel. Mm. Uh, you can go get yourself a good-looking shirt and then come on by. We're a couple, uh, what, block two down from there? Oh, yeah. Uh, right by the uh, hole in the wall, a little bit further down past Kirby Lane, and that's the Mockingbird Saloon. Just If you've gotten to the In-N-Out Burger, you've gone too far. Gone mm. too far. Uh, they have parking in the back, and, uh, you know, come on in. Come hang with us. We'll be out there noon to 2. Uh, two, we're a little longer, kick off to 2.30, but uh, you'll be watching Colorado and TCU. I do want to watch that, actually. <laughs> I've got a feeling that's going to be a purple 
It's gonna be a bludgeon. It's gonna just be a bludgeon. I know Shadur Sanders is gonna be a good quarterback. They've got you know the 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 cornerbacks are are elite. I just don't know that they have the lines of scrimmage yet to compete with with a Sonny Dykes team, especially in Fort Worth. Did you hear what Dion said about culture? I have to get that quote. We might get into that uh, BS or bullish, bullish or BS. Do it. Do it. We might do that then. He had a quote that. So controversial, some right now. Can't wait to hear that. Well, he's always got a quote that's controversial. Well, I want to say it again. I mean, uh, don't think that you know Sonny Dykes is a good dude, but you know he he is right now. Sonny Dykes is in control of the DFW Metroplex. You know, as far as his TCU is, is is, you know, the brand is as strong as it's ever been. Coming off a trip to the national championship game last year, no question. Yep. And you got to protect your turf. And uh, Deion Sanders also. Favors the DFW Metroplex. They're going to be in the Big 12 Conference. If you don't think uh, Sonny Dykes and the Horn Frogs would like to send a message, if they can, to Colorado and uh, Dion. Oh, I'm with you. And, and well, and your future Big 12 member. Yeah. Uh, Colorado, which, yeah, gives them even more reason to come to DFW because of the brand that Dion has built in Dallas. Even if the game's close, Dion's going to get a lot of positive press. Oh, that. I mean, they were no that, doubt. Well, I mean, you can write the story yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were in the national championship game last year, and Dion and his Colorado Buffaloes, who were 1-11 and a year ago, played them off their feet on their field. I mean, those are... Yeah, they they need to come strong in that game. Uh, if you're if you that's at least would be my way of thinking. Of oh no it. doubt. Yeah, and DFW. There's a lot of people fighting for DFW right now too. That includes Texas because they've recognized a trend that I've talked about. Other than the Atlanta Metroplex, there's not a more fertile recruiting ground for college football in the country. They have produced more NFL draftable prospects at DFW area than any other Metroplex region in the country other than Atlanta, which explains why Georgia is doing what they're doing. Look at (laughs) this year's Longhorns, Quinn Ewers, uh, Jatavion Sanders, uh, Anthony Hill. You know, I mean, uh, just go down the list of guys Mm -hmm. from the DFW who are going to be featured attractions. Jalen Catalan. Uh, starting at safety for the Longhorns. I mean, you could you, you, whatever you can tr- consider the DFW. Um, you know, Ryan Watts and Terrence Brooks out of Little Elm. Oh yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Lately, oh, yeah. Oh. he's just blown up. I mean, Houston. It used to be Houston and Dallas. Jalen Ford. They were right there, kind of tight. And, and actually, Houston would have more players actually drafted yeah. year to year. But in the last maybe probably since 2020, um, DFW has been separating from Houston. Oh, Houston yeah. still one of the top ten probably most fertile recruiting grounds in the country. But DFW is ahead of L.A. It's ahead of, you know, Miami, Day, that, that area. It's Right now it's just it's popping, as the youngsters will say. Our man it's Chris popping. Bennett up early because he's on the West Coast and he's hey. listening this morning. He says, uh, remember, Dion was almost the TCU head coach. They, oh, they, yeah. they, they, listen, they, made a, they made a good hire. They, well, they hired Sonny Dykes, but <laughs> they, they interviewed – I mean, they, they, you know, yeah. they gave an interview to Deion Sanders. They, the, that was the big good. Money. Yeah, they, they should have. They cause... heard him out and uh, were impressed, yeah. but they went Ooh. with Sonny because he, he was in the Metroplex already at SMU. Yeah, well, Dion knows that it's basically TCU's got the their brand is at its zenith right now at its apex. It hasn't it's never been higher. And Dion's brand right now, Dion's got his brand is doing pretty good too. Dion's brand versus TCU, but his brand needs some substance. Uh, it, it as does, far as like on field performance, well, you know, he's, he's exactly. got the substance himself. But the, they got to they got to play a good brand. Well, of he hasn't had a chance to coach a season yet at That's Colorado. Right. That's but right. That's when right. he was at Jackson State, he showed sure. substance there. Absolutely, yeah, they won games. Absolutely, I'm just saying that that, we, we, that that's why this game is important for him, right? They need to look like a, a you know, even if they're competitive. 
Because yeah. that, that's the thing about Colorado last year. They weren't competitive. No. That's why I ran off 60 dudes and said, no. you guys just can't cut it. You're not good enough. Remember, they went 1-11, and 11 and they were only they – got, they got blown out by more than like 20 points like every game but two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't competitive last year, and that's part of why Dion argued, i got to flip the roster. I, yeah. None of these guys are going to you know, be something we want to build around. I know, and everybody was upset with Dion. I'm like, well, you can't have it both ways. Were you, you're admitting there was, they were terrible last year, and then you want Dion to come in and, and you know, make terrible and re- players yeah, good. Exactly. And rejuvenate the program. It's like, well, the players are bad. That's why they only won one game. i got to get rid of the bad players, bring in good players. It may take me a little time, and that's how we go to win games. And they were just mad about, I guess, the way he did it. I guess he could have went about it in, with a different method, but still. I'm with you. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, somebody mentioned, I mentioned I'm rooting for Joseph Osai this year. He, somebody said, eat Joseph out, out four to six weeks oh, with an ankle. Dude, I'm telling you, his luck. The Bengals, man. Yeah, early on in the league. I hate he's, that. He's had some bad luck. Well, you can't make the club in a tub, and you got to be healthy, and especially for a young player trying to make his way. Hey, the number um, one ability, availability. Yeah, dang it. Trust uh, me, that's for Rod B, who had three shoulder surgeries. I know. <laughs> I wasn't available enough. <laughs> also, uh, CB, Chris Bennett, said this, said uh, Matt Miller was doing a video with Bobby Burton a few weeks ago, and he said, made the claim, that nine to ten NFL draft picks on this current Texas team. I literally team. just said that last segment. You did. You did. <laughs> but but I, I, he just put it in the clip that it was with Bobby. Uh, I know, but I said he was only inside Texas. That's inside Texas. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there, there is the, the launch into that if we want to get into the, uh, the nine to ten Longhorns that could be drafted. But it is time to go behind the burn orange curtain, talk some Texas football two days away to the kickoff. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind all right, getting ready for Texas versus Rice. I know, you know a lot of you guys out there don't want to dive deep into Rice, and I get it. <laughs> uh, I do think, and I, we talked about it yesterday uh, on uh, on Texas uh, football last night, e, that I do think in a covert, very clandestine way that whether the pl- players don't even know it, um, I do think, I bet Sark is... Y- Slowly, but you know, probably last week too, he is implementing Bama material. They may not even know it. Like I said, the players may not even know they're working on Bama material. It's like the the CIA. The, the agents don't even know the overall plan, <laughs> the grand plan. They just know what their role is, their mission is. I think that's kind of how. If I was a coach, that's what I'd be doing. I bet Sark's doing a little bit. I'm not saying the whole thing. I bet like twenty, thirty percent. I bet it's being sprinkled in even during the Rice Week. Yep. That, that would just be my theory out there. But um, one thing to think about, too, we were talking about yesterday about the Rice offense versus the Texas defense, and we got into you know some of the different concepts that you may end up seeing and some of the, uh, the things that Rice would try to exploit against the Texas defense. What will be their thought process? How are they going to attack that Texas defense? I think they're going to throw the run. Right, they're gonna open up not vertically downfield. I'm talking about short, quick passes, you know, screen game, bootleg rollout, RPO, which is quick game plus run game stuff like that. Um, but this is something I don't think people talked about enough. And I honestly, I don't know what the turnover uh, goal is. Uh, going back to the goal board that Ty talks about with Coach Dodge all the time, I'm sure Texas does have a goal about how many takeaways they want to get in this game. Mm-hmm. Did you did you know that Rice led the country in Turnovers last year? They're the country. Like most given the, up or most? Most given up. Yeah. They gave up the most. They, they had the most. I didn't even realize that until I was doing some more research. They had the most turnovers in the country. Oh. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, That's this like game 30, will get, this 32 game of them. will get ugly. 32. 
They had 32 turnovers, the most in the FBS. So if it's 32, so basically their average is around, what, 2.4, something like that? Per game? Yeah. Okay. So Texas, if they don't have at least two takeaways in this game, and I know they got a different quarterback. Yeah, different that's quarterback. part of the reason they chased JG, JT Daniels. And part of the they rotated quarterbacks last year quite a bit at Rice. They oh man. Okay, I'll give you a little stat that like I said nobody cares. <laughs> but Rice has used three different starting quarterbacks in each year of the Bloom Granera. That's not optimal. That's crazy. <laughs> that's not optimal. That is wild, isn't it? That is that is unbelievable. That is so. Actually, some of these uh, really impressive numbers that they've had in the passing game—they're um, even more impressive because, like I said, they've been doing it with three starting quarterbacks, three different starting quarterbacks, with Tui Asasopo as the offensive coordinator in the last two years. They've actually had their best passing offense at Rice since 2008, and they're 65th. So they're—they're they're somewhat proud of what they've done in the passing game, and they're bringing in the highest-rated signee in program history in J.T. Daniels, who, as, as he mentioned in the updates, that's a great though, factoid that basically he's – it's his third – you said it's his third start at, at DKR yep. as a quarterback. This will be his third when you're sixth. <laughs> that is a great little factoid. Uh, yeah, he's and, obviously and, with and, a different team for and him. And J.T. is 0-2. Every two. time. He's 0-2. Wow. So yeah, far. and he's gotten blown out, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, somewhat. Texas won. Well, remember when he was a freshman, having been at the game against yeah, U- USC, USC. Texas USC went up fourteen three in that game. That is true. And then Texas blew him out. I think it was, was thirty seven. Yeah, it happened fast too. Yeah, I don't know how uh, it happened like that. Yeah. They got up, and that was a Tom Herman team. Remember that Tom Herman team had lost to Maryland to start the year, and then oh, they lost tr- twice. To I know. Well, they had, that, that's to that, the, the USC game. Oh. There was game three. And they had already lost to Maryland. Then they were down fourteen three to USC, and there was all oh, right. Oh, that was pressure. a great that that was a great game. And Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown was yeah. was the receiver, his top receiver. Is now with the Lions. Um, that year was that in at US? Oh, at the USC? next year. The next year. Remember they went home and home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Sam Darnold was the year before. The year before, that's right? right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. At LA. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Texas then blew him out. I think it was 37 to 20 or 37 to 14, and uh, then West Virginia, Texas beat West Virginia last year at the stadium with JT Daniels at quarterback. So, yeah, he's got some experience at DKR. Uh, so I think because they believe, you know, he gives them a chance to at least keep things close early on, um, he's your best, your highest-rated signing ever. Why would you take the ball out of his hands? I think they'll, I they'll try to throw And Luke McCaffrey is their best weapon, too. So they'll try to get it to Luke McCaffrey as much as possible. But we'll get back to offense when we're breaking everything down. I want to talk about their defense a little bit because their secondary is their strength. Um, and we've kind of uh, talked about this a little bit, too. Uh, we did it on Longhorn Blitz, talked about it on, on Texas football as well. Their cornerbacks, although more preventative than playmaking, they believe in their cornerbacks. They'll actually, and I was shocked and surprised, even against USC, they'll leave them in man coverage. And they, they really will. They'll leave them in man coverage. They trust their corners so that it allows their safeties to move around so they can kind of manipulate the pre-snap shell disguise. Um, and the guys, and, and I don't know what happened to Sean Fresh. He's actually from LBJ here in Austin. Oh, nice. He's a 5'8", 177 corner. He was number one for them. Started most of the year, and then I didn't see him in the bowl game, so I don't know what was going on. He's still on the roster. Um, no, no depth chart for Rice, so we 
you know, we have no idea either. That's the new thing. Coaches don't have depth charts, probably for this very reason, because people are doing research on their team and they want to leave it up in the air. Uh, but Sean Fresh is a good player. Like I said, don't know what happened in the bowl game. They may have went with some other corners. They had another guy, Trayshawn Devonis, and also Miles McCord. I think he has graduated now that was also manning that corner in the bowl game. Jordan Dunbar is probably their best corner. Uh, he is really steady. I mean, he plays, like I said, they play press man sometimes, and they're not afraid to leave those guys on an island. And they like to use their safeties. One of their safeties, Gabe Taylor, best safety, actually. Uh, he's their slot corner. Uh, sometimes they actually even will throw out a three-high safety look and put him at safety, but he's their slot corner slash safety. He's the younger brother of Sean Taylor. Oh, wow. The late great Sean Taylor. Yes, uh, and he's a playmaker. Uh, two interceptions last year, six PBUs, two forced fumbles, 60 tackles in 2022, and that's uh, coming off that 2021 performance, two interceptions, forced fumble, a fumble recovery, five PBUs. He's a, he's a havoc player. He's a havoc-minded player, and he's trending in the right direction. You want to watch out for Gabe Taylor. Uh, he's, a, he's a really good player for them. So they got three good players that they trust in the secondary. And that's why, and I was talking to Ian Boyd about this. He made a great point on our uh, football theory uh, show that he believes, and I, I agree with him, that they're going to try to invite Texas to throw the ball because they can't stop Texas running. If you just, you can, this game could be really boring if Sark decides, you know what, we're just going to run it 45 times. Sark, now, Sark's not like that. Sark likes, to be, he likes his offense to be sexy and aesthetically pleasing. He does. Even the Washington defensive coordinator remarked about that uh, before the bowl game. He said Sark doesn't have the patience for quick game to go quick game down the field. So they backed up their they backed up their defensive backs and corners, and they just let their front seven stop the run without Bijan and Rojo. And if Texas wanted to, they probably could have marched down the field just throwing quick game. And the defensive coordinator said he don't have the patience for that. He'll he'll have to throw it deep at one point. He's he's got to have a spectacular play. We stop that, and then that'll put him behind the chains. And then they well, from that point that'll re, that, their offense will regress. Well, and he was right about that. That's 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 on Sark. Sometimes when you're when you're matching wits with a coordinator, you don't play the the hand, you play the man. And Sark has tendencies we all know. E and one of them is he's gonna throw the deep ball. He's gonna take some shots. <laughs> he's take well, some shots. And, 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 and you know, in an effort to be as vanilla as possible with Alabama looming. Uh, to your point, I mean, a school like Rice as they recruit, they're gonna recruit outside players, weapons, you know, DB secondary. The lines of scrimmage is where Rice is going to have a hard time competing with a Power 5 program. And that's where Texas should have a huge advantage, offensive and defensive lines, Mm. if their offensive and defensive lines are improved to the point that we think they are, Mm -hmm. where they should be able to line up and smash it right at them and not worry about the good players in their secondary or the good players, quarterback and receiver that Rice is going to bring to the table. Just dominate the trenches and uh, wear this thing out and get a lot of guys on the field. And as we said last night on Inside Texas, the goal is going to get Arch Manning on the field. Get all three quarterbacks in the game Mm -hmm. and let them either hand off or throw or make some plays. But you're right, Sark has to uh, avoid that tendency and just pound the rock. Uh, That's the other part. Sark said this week on Monday the, the, the position group he's most excited to see is running back. Well, Saddle them up. Let's go. That's true. And you know what? This is a slump buster. Yeah. Basically, right? The the running game against uh, Washington. Not good. Uh, not good. 2.8 yards per rush. That was not a great display post Bijan and Rojo. You need a slump buster. How about a team last year that allowed 5.3 yards per rush? That's the eighth highest opposing rushing average in college football last season. This is your slump buster. If you can't run the ball versus Rice, yeah. well, we know we're going to have issues running the ball all year long. <laughs> I, I remember after the uh, oh, uh, it was Rice. Oh, the no nine. It was Rice. 
Yes. Yeah, the 09 right. season when Mac Brown changed the offense to a power offense and they couldn't run run against Rice. And they had a like, short yardage and they no. couldn't get it versus played, Rice. And they played that. That was the start of the 2010 season and it was at Rice. Mm-hmm. It was actually at NRG Stadium yes, in Houston. Yeah. And everyone was sitting there in the press box going, oh, gosh. <laughs> You can't so get... much for a power running game, Mac Brown. Hey, we come back. It'll be uh, what the facts. What the facts on a Thursday morning. Back into the Longhorn conversation. Which Longhorns on this team does Matt Miller and the NFL scouting community think are draftable players? He says up to nine or ten. We'll run through some of those coming up as well. Plus the headlines. Uh, just the facts next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Time for What the Facts from last night in sports and around the sports world, including uh, it happened in Nashville last night. Inter-Miami did not score a match for the first time since Lionel Messi's arrival Mm. as uh, they played to a nil-nil draw with uh, Nashville last night. Inter-Miami did. Nil-nil, the draw. That's Uh, not good. Yeah, it's and because it was just an anticlimactic, and just because it was just an MLS match, they did not go to PKs. It just ends at a mm. draw. That's not why they brought in Messi. How much did Messi play? Uh, did, Do we know? So I know he didn't start. They're not starting him yet. Yeah. So I'll get a number on that, but okay. he did not. Uh, as for soccer over at Q2 Stadium, it's now the the fact number rod is forty six days. Forty six days since the uh, the Austin FC won a match since oh, they've hired their new sporting man. manager. Mm. Uh, Rodolfo Burrell, uh, they have not been very good. Yeah, what's six yeah. match loss streak? Six match loss streak. So the, uh, the the new sporting director was right when he said, <laughs> or he's he, he's willing. Or he said he's, basically he, was, basically last year was an outlier. He's like that was an anomaly. We're not no Our roster needs don't, a lot don't of help. Quit basically quit referencing last year is basically what he was trying to say. I'm paraphrasing. Like, they played in the final four of the yeah. league. He's like quit bringing that up. This mm-hmm. is that's nothing to do with what we are this year. Yeah. We're, a, we're well, a totally different team this they're year. They're playing up to his ex, down to his expectations. They're, yeah, they're zero for their last. Those six. were controversial comments at the time. They are not now with eight <laughs> with eight matches left. And they're outside the Western Conference playoffs, and they're disappointed that they lost two to one to the Seattle Sounders. I'm going to bring on night. Eric Goodman and ask him exactly what happened. Yeah, like what? Where did what, we will? But we, yeah, we will. They play New England. They play New England because they play at New England against the Revolution on Saturday, and that's not going to be good. It doesn't feel like. Uh, Texter simply says the Rangers suck. Oh, can I give you a fact on that? <laughs> <laughs> that's all the right. That's all the texter said. They are collapsed. So, all the text said. How about Justin Rangers. Wells last night on our Inside Texas? Thing? Oh man, we, yeah. we, we were finishing that up when <laughs> um, the home run went out of the park in oh. the ninth inning, and it was three five to three. Grown man temper tantrum. Well, if you're asking how the Rangers <laughs> are no longer in first place in the AL West, I mean, uh. pretty simple. the The Seattle Mariners just finished a a the month of August mm. with a club record for victories in a, in the month of August ever, and the Rangers last night with their six five loss. This is a, this is not good. They go three and six on the road trip. They're ten and seventeen on the road since July one. Rod, what is going on? And in in tough and tight late game situations, Texas is two and seven in extra inning games this year. They're fifteen and twenty seven in games decided in the seventh inning or later. Fifteen and twenty seven. Mm. That is not the makings of a championship caliber ball club. Um, I know. Yes, I mean, you don't need to freak out. Because we got a, a texter here says, go Rangers, relax. Only one game uh, out. So I mean, you're playing a last-place Mets team with a two-run lead in the ninth inning, you got to close that out. you got to close that out. 
Yeah, just, hey man, they're just in the funk. It's okay. They are. Well, bad, bad time. All right. Bad time for it. Bad time for the funk. They just they they haven't played. They haven't had a stretch of bad baseball. This is the bad the first bad stretch of baseball they've had all season long. They got to figure out a way. This is the, the the troubling thing is they've been bad for a while now. So do they have enough fortitude and do they have enough veterans who have the the savvy to help them get out of this funk? Like well, how, do, how do they pull? Bruce Bochy probably knows how to pull I think they do in their lineup. I yeah. think their lineup is good as any because they battled from three nothing back last night to take that five three lead into the ninth, and they again, again couldn't close it. And then in the ninth inning, you know, in extra frames now they start with a runner at second base. So Araldis Chapman comes in, promptly walks the first two batters, so the bases are loaded, and then on the first pitch to the next guy, hit him, and the game's over. <laughs> like he didn't even make them hit the ball <laughs> to score the game winning run. Uh, that is. That's not clutch, but you're, to your point, you got a month of baseball to play, and the jump start can start this weekend, and then they play the Astros starting on Monday. Astros. Um, so there you go. Um, Monday would be the, uh, the 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 start of that because the Astros play the Yankees this weekend. Uh, Rangers have a home series, and then here comes Houston and Seattle Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week, and their final three games of the year, which nice. will be pretty good. Um. Yeah. Oh, we. Uh, how about this little factoid? Since we're doing what the facts? What the facts? Um. According to Adam Schefter, uh, these are the teams with the most players claimed off waivers on the final cut day, uh, since 2018. So we're talking about basically going back the last five years, um, excluding 2020. It says because there was no preseason there because of the COVID stuff. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo. 16. The J E T S Jets 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 with 13. Baltimore with 12. Rams with nine. And the 49ers were nine. And this little factoid I found, because that put that went that went down a rabbit hole after I saw that. And how about this? Found this little factoid. Uh, shout out to uh, Jason underscore, uh, I believe it's uh, OTC. The Cowboys currently lead the NFL, being responsible for starting the career of 82 players currently in the NFL. Wow. The Ravens are second with 77. Uh, then the Vikings with 75. Then the 49ers with 74. Then the Patriots with 71. So the Cowboys lead the NFL with being responsible for starting the career of 82 players currently in the NFL. That, that includes like guys they drafted, they end up cutting, undrafted free agents that started their career. You started your career with the Cowboys, and then you ended up being... That's the number, right? Yeah, being well, picked up elsewhere. That's huge credit to Will McClay and the It is. It's a Will McClay stat. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Well found. Well, 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 Jerry Jones stat? Not, not a Jerry Jones stat? No, Will McClay finds good players, and then Jerry <laughs> Jones mismanages. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. My morningly shot at Jerry Jones. You had to do it. You had to do it. It wouldn't be the 6 o'clock hour if you didn't do it. That's right. right. Come on, Jerry. Just hire a GM. Just hire a GM. He did. Will McClay is a GM. You can't have the title. GM. Can't have the title, baby. Give it to him and let him do it. Can't have the title. That's Jerry's Go sell pizzas. (laughs) We'll be back. Uh, I had a stat on Scotty Scheffler that I'll give you next hour. Just how frustratingly great his season was in 2023. As we head into the Ryder Cup, we'll get you details on that. Plus, we'll have our headlines. Uh, Rod has a rant coming up, and we're talking Texas football all the way to kickoff.